I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, it's Thomas Party. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Majide Program. Arsenal versus Liverpool, Sunday, January the seventh, twenty twenty-four. Kickoff, four thirty p.m. The contents: Captain's notes around Arsenal. No more red role models. Player feature: Emil Smith Rowe. No more red opportunities. Our fave shirt: Women. FA Cup season breakdown. No more red. A sense of belonging. Academy Young Gun, Max Kaczynski. Around the academy, visitors Liverpool. Match action: Liverpool versus Arsenal. Match action: Arsenal versus West Ham United and teams. Martin Odegaard, captain's notes. We were all disappointed with how we ended with the last two matches in 2023 and we know we'll have to raise our level when we take on Liverpool today. As a club, we're very proud of our record and history in the FA Cup so we don't need any extra motivation when we start off in the competition every season. This group of players is desperate to win trophies so we'll be giving everything to get the job done today and give us the chance to do that. The FA Cup is a huge tournament. We've won it more than any other team, so we want to be strong in the competition again, and starting at home is exactly what we wanted. It's a very tough opponent, of course. We know a lot about them from playing at Anfield a couple of weeks ago, and this time, with our own supporters behind us, we'll be ready and looking forward to it. I watched a lot of English football growing up, and so I know about the history of the FA Cup and how special it is, getting to Wembley and everything that goes with it. As I said, We're all desperate to win trophies as a team. And individually as well, you have to take those chances when they come along in your career. So we want to start that journey today and see how far it can take us. The last time we won the FA Cup was a few months before I came to the club, but I remember watching that Covid final at an empty Wembley. Alba scored both goals that day as captain, I remember. And it would be amazing to go back to Wembley with this team, with a full crowd there this time. We played there in the Community Shield this season, of course, which was an amazing experience for us, and now the target is to go all the way in the FA Cup, to keep building the history of this club. We can't think of anything like that, though, unless we get the win today. Liverpool will have the same thoughts as us, of course, 
and we know we need to be at our best to get the win we want. Our last game here at the Emirates was the defeat to West Ham, and that was a tough one for us all to take. It was one of those nights where the ball didn't want to go in. I think we created enough to win the game, but we weren't good enough in both boxes, and that's why we got punished. It was the little details that cost us, in both boxes. The goals we conceded were too easy, and at the other end, we didn't take our chances. We weren't good enough to take the points, and West Ham are a very strong team with quality players. This league is the toughest league in the world, and as soon as you aren't ruthless, you lose the games. It's as simple as that. No matter what team you play against, every game is a big fight. You have to give credit to West Ham too. They defended well and took their chances, but we were very disappointed in ourselves. You have to be consistent in this league if you want to stay at the top, and we've seen in the last couple of weeks what happens when your level drops. We were determined to put things right against Fulham. That game came just a few days after the West Ham defeat, so we had the chance to bounce back quickly, and that's why it's extra disappointing that we weren't able to do that. I've said all season that every team in the Premier League is dangerous and can beat anybody else, especially when they play at home. We had the perfect start against Fulham, with Bukayo's early goal, but it was so frustrating that we weren't able to build on that. We didn't have our usual rhythm, we weren't able to dominate the game how we like, and overall, we weren't efficient enough with our possession. We have to learn those lessons, be sharper in front of goal especially, and I can tell you that we've been working very hard in training this week to look at what we need to improve. There's still a lot of football to be played this season, and so there are still many points and matches to be won. We have a small break after today's game, before we're back in action in the Premier League, and we'll be using that time to work hard and focus on the challenges we've got coming up ahead of us this year. But it starts with today's huge game against Liverpool. Today we'll be wearing our white No More Red kit for the third consecutive year and the first time at home. Building on nearly four decades of our work in our community, the action behind No More Red helps to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence by providing safe spaces to play sport, access to role models and more opportunities for young people. It's an important campaign and we'll be proud to pull on the white shirt today. Get right behind the team again and together... Let's make it a special day at Emirates Stadium. Around Arsenal, no more red. Today's no more red mascots. We have a whole host of mascots for today's match. Alongside our usual junior gunners representative, there will also be a team of 10 representing Arsenal in the community schemes to celebrate the groundbreaking partnership between No More Red and our community team. The mascots come from the following three projects. Chances, Mascot, Bailey, a sports-based intervention programme which supports young people towards improving their school attendance, gain qualifications, secure work placements and reduce offending. Positive Futures, Mascots, Ibrahim and Adam, a sports-based youth engagement initiative funded by Islington Council. Free football sessions take place on local estates where our coaches build trust with participants and support them through a wide range of personal development opportunities off the pitch. Kicks, mascots, Erin, Angelo, Aya, Amy, Cassie, Drew and Maria. 
a national programme funded by the Premier League Charitable Fund and delivered by 92 professional clubs in the UK. Clubs deliver weekly activities to young people aged 8 to 18 within a wide range of settings. Delivery takes place on local estates and parks which are in need of positive provision, as well as targeting programmes for girls and young people with disabilities or additional support needs. Emirates FA Cup. No more red. Today, the team will wear the no more red kit, drained of the club's traditional red for the first time in a home fixture. This is the third season we have teamed up with Adidas to wear the special kit after it debuted in the FA Cup third round match at Nottingham Forest on January 9th, 2022. And we also wore it in the third round of last season's competition, exactly one year later when we travelled to Oxford United. There will be another No More Red First next Sunday, January 14th, when Arsenal women wear the kit for the very first time in their FA Cup fourth round match against Watford at Meadow Park. The kit will never be for sale, but a new bespoke community t-shirt will be available to purchase from club stores on January 29th with 100% of the retail price going to No More Red Charity Partners. In 2024, we will build on the work done since the inception of No More Red by Investing in more safe places to play football with the opening of a third refurbished community pitch at Mayville Estate, Islington, in early 2024. The two pitches refurbished since the launch of No More Red have seen 650 hours of organised activity delivered, engaging more than 500 participants across 200 sessions as well as more than 9,000 open access hours provided for the local community. Continuing its mentor-led social action projects, which have so far given 83 young people an opportunity to gain experience in creative industries. Continuing its volunteer incentive scheme alongside the No More Red charity partners, where supporters can donate their time to support the charities. Awarding No More Red Shirts to community champions who are making a positive difference, adding to the 79 previous recipients who have been recognised since the launch of the initiative. The No More Red Community T-shirt was designed by Nellie Rose, who took part in one of the 2023 No More Red Social Action Projects. Her design was chosen based on its celebration of Arsenal as a place of diversity and togetherness and for representing the club's role as a home for the local community. A message reinforced by No More Red's commitment to provide safe places for young people to play football. Community is everything, and is what No More Red is all about, so it was important that this was brought to life in my design, she said. I feel proud that my creation was chosen to represent the campaign and provide the community with another way to support and feel connected to the initiative. Freddie Hudson, head of Arsenal in the community, said No More Red provides a unique opportunity to highlight almost four decades of our local community work that has helped to keep thousands of young people safe. Young people face multiple challenges in today's world and we don't have all the answers, but we are confident that by acting together and shining a light on the support network available across our community, we can make a significant contribution to the lives of our participants. More information on No More Red can be found at www.arsenal.com 
forward slash no more red and www.adidas.co.uk forward slash football collective. 30. 30 pounds of the retail price of each t-shirt will be donated in equal proportions to each of the following no more red charity partners. The Arsenal Foundation. Abby Ender. Abby Billinghurst and Associates. Octavus Community Network Limited. Box Up Crime. Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation. Ben Kinsella Trust. Steel Warriors. Copenhagen Youth Project. And St Giles Trust. Welcome to our NMR guests. As our guests this afternoon, we welcome a number of no more red stakeholders, including local families who have lost loved ones to knife crime through London-based charity supporting bereaved parents, love and loss. Arsenal in the community representatives. No more red charity partners. Islington Council. Violence Reduction Unit. The Met Police and more. No more red charity partners. The partnership provides each of these charities with further development opportunities enhancing the magnificent work they do in helping young people across London. Abby Ander, London-based social enterprise that works with young women and girls affected by organised crime, violence and criminal exploitation and the professionals who support them. Arsenal in the community needs no introduction, inspiring, supporting and creating opportunity in our local community and beyond. Ben Kinsella Trust Set up by Brooke Kinsella after her brother was tragically stabbed to death in 2008, aged just 16. The Trust's aim is to prevent knife crime and educate young people about the dangers of carrying knives. Box Up Crime, offering vulnerable young people a chance for a brighter future through promoting self-reliance and a strong sense of purpose, working with young people to harness their talents and empower them to change direction. Copenhagen Youth Project, created to provide support and progression for children and young people in the Caledonian and Barnsbury Ward, using three strands of engagement, sport, arts and participation. Don't Stab Your Future, a clothing brand by Idris Elba, partnering with fashion designers and artists to create clothing collections with a strong anti-knife crime message. All proceeds from clothing sales go towards anti-knife crime charities and initiatives. Octopus Community Network A mutual collaboration between 15 of Islington's largest multi-purpose community centres addressing social injustices, including food insecurity, health inequality, race and gender inequality and climate crises. Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation Celebrating the life of Stephen Lawrence, the foundation broadens young people's views of what's possible and creates pathways into education and career opportunities which might not otherwise be open to them. St Giles Trust, a national social justice charity using expertise and real-life past experiences to empower people who are considered to be hard to engage, held back by poverty, exploited, abused, dealing with addiction, mental health problems or caught up in crime. Did you know? No More Red supported eight young people from Octopus Community Network to take part in an anthropology project, championing their voices on their environment and how to make spaces safer for young people, 
culminating in them presenting their project at the Youth Summit at Cambridge University. In No More Red's first year, street artist Stazzy worked with participants on the Rosemary Gardens mural. On Thursday, the No More Red Community Day took place in the hub. Young people from our charity partners played football and learnt emergency life-saving skills. Run by Arsenal in the community staff and coaches, your stance volunteers and local role models wearing white No More Red shirts. Those who attended received exclusive white Arsenal medals. Our No More Red campaign was an inaugural recipient of a UEFA Football Award at the 2023 UEFA Respect Forum. We won the award alongside our efforts to fully integrate British Sign Language into football at Arsenal. Earlier this year, a series of No More Red fashion workshops were held for young people, run by Arsenal, Adidas and celebrity stylist Georgia Medley. Around Arsenal FA Cup third round record Played 122 1 76 Drawn 26 Lost 20 4 243 Against 117 FA Cup Kings We're kicking off our 125th FA Cup campaign today as the most successful team in the competition's history. We have lifted the trophy 14 times with four of those successes arriving in the last decade. We first lifted the trophy in 1930, our first major honour as a club, under legendary manager Herbert Chapman. We won it again in 1936 and 1950, before clinching our first double in 1971. Our dramatic 1979 triumph against Manchester United was our fifth FA Cup success and George Graham made it six in 1993 with a last-minute win in a replay against Sheffield Wednesday. Arsene Wenger is the only Arsenal manager to have won the cup more than once. He guided the team to a record seven FA Cups in 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015 and 2017. Mikel Arteta managed us to our 14th FA Cup in 2020 with a 2-1 win over Chelsea in an empty Wembley Stadium due to Covid restrictions. Today we are playing our 96th FA Cup third round tie. We have progressed from this stage 75 times and been eliminated 20 times, though only twice since the turn of the century, both by Nottingham Forest. The last time we were knocked out at this stage in a home match was in 1995, in a replay against Millwall at Highbury. We played Liverpool at this stage in 2007, winning 3-1 at Anfield. That's the only previous FA Cup third round meeting between the two teams, though we did host Liverpool in the fifth round in 2014, winning 2-1. Our overall record in the competition is Played, 484 1. 272 Drawn 102 Lost 111 4. 886 Against 498 We first entered the FA Cup in season 1889 stroke 1890 All-time FA Cup wins Arsenal 14 Manchester United 12 Chelsea 8 Liverpool 8 Tottenham Hotspur 8 Aston Villa 7 Manchester City, 7. Blackburn Rovers, 6. Newcastle United, 6. 
Everton, 5. Wanderers, 5. West Bromwich Albion, 5. Honour for Vinay. Our Chief Executive Vinay Venkatesham was among those recognised on the New Year's Honours list for 2024. Vinay, who has been with the club since 2010, has been recognised with an OBE for his services to sport. Before joining Arsenal, initially as Head of Global Partnerships, he formed part of the commercial team of the London 2012 Olympics and Paralympics. Vinay has also served the British Olympic Association since 2017 as an independent non-executive director and performed the same role for the 2017 World Athletics Championships held in London. Speaking on behalf of the Arsenal board, Tim Lewis, Executive Vice Chair, said On behalf of everyone at Arsenal Football Club, we congratulate Vinay on being named in the New Year's Honours List 2024 in recognition of his services to sport. He has been at the heart of the sports industry for nearly two decades, representing our city and subsequently the club in Europe and across the world. Vinay joins an illustrious list of people connected to Arsenal who have been recognised in New Year's Honours list, who have all played an important role in the club and in the world of sport. We are so proud of them all. On receiving his OBE last week, Vinay said, I'm really humbled to receive an OBE in the New Year's Honours list for services to sport. Everything I've been part of achieving in my time in sport and all the opportunities I've been so fortunate to have are all due to teamwork and brilliant colleagues. The biggest thank you of all is due to my family and in particular my wife Liz for their unwavering support. Congratulations Vinay. Everyone at Arsenal is extremely proud of this recognition. Mo and Tommy called up. Congratulations to Mohamed El Neni and Takahiro Tomiyasu, who have both been called up to represent their respective countries in international tournaments this month. El Neni has been named in the Egypt squad for the Africa Cup of Nations, being played in Ivory Coast, starting next Saturday. Egypt are looking for their first continental title since 2010, and kick off their campaign next Sunday, January 14th, against Mozambique. They then face Ghana on January 18th, and Cap Verde to complete the group stage on January 22nd. The final is scheduled for February 11th. Tomiyasu will also be away from the club for the next few weeks as part of the Japan squad at the Asian Cup in Qatar. Japan last won the trophy in 2011 and are looking for their fifth title. Their group stage commences on Sunday, January 14th against Vietnam in Doha. That's followed by matches against Iran on January 19th and Indonesia on Wednesday, January 24th. The final takes place on February 10th. Best of luck to you both. Ref Watch This afternoon's referee is John Brooks. Unusually, despite being in his third season on the Premier League list, John has yet to officiate an Arsenal first-team game. We hope he enjoys his first experience at Emirates Stadium. Youth Cup date confirmed. As well as our first team facing Liverpool in the FA Cup, our under-18 side will take on the Reds in the FA Youth Cup. That competition is at the fourth round stage, after Jack Wilshire's young team brushed aside Crew Alexandra 7-1 in the third round. The match has now been scheduled for Saturday, January 20th, 
with a 5pm kick-off at the Liverpool FC Academy. The game is a repeat of the 2009 final, the last time we lifted the FA Youth Cup and Wilshire was part of the team. Junior Gunners mascot A warm welcome to our mascot tonight, who is 11-year-old Jumeirah from Croydon, South London. Jumeirah tells us that her favourite trio of players are Bukeo Saka, Gabriel Jesus and Martin Odegaard. What a hat-trick. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Crystal Palace, Premier League, Saturday, January 20th, kick-off 12.30pm. Tickets on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG's via ticket exchange until 9.30am on Saturday, January 20th. Arsenal vs Liverpool, Premier League, Sunday, February 4th, kick-off 4.30pm. The ballots are now closed for this match. Arsenal vs Newcastle United, Premier League, Saturday, February 24th, kick-off 8pm. The ballots will close for this match on Monday, January 8th at 10am. Away tickets, Nottingham Forest vs Arsenal, City Ground, Premier League, Tuesday, January 30th, kick-off 7.30pm. This match has sold out. West Ham United vs Arsenal, London Stadium, Premier League, Sunday, February 11th, kick-off 2pm. We have received an allocation of 3,100 tickets, which will go on sale on Monday, January 8th. Please visit arsenal.com for sale phases. Donate to Islington Food Bank today. We have linked up with Islington Food Bank to introduce a food bank collection at Emirates Stadium. It will run on every weekend match until the end of the season. The food bank will be open from 2pm until kick-off on the podium level adjacent to the Tony Adams statue at the northeast corner of the ground. If you're able to help, Islington Food Bank is particularly keen to accept baked beans, tinned fish, tinned soup, tinned fruit and pasta, as well as sanitary products and any post-Christmas treats. Notice board. Happy 71st birthday, Papa. Lots of love, Yanni. Happy 7th birthday, Ali. Welcome to North London, Chloe Amis, a junior gunner from New Zealand, attending her first Arsenal game today with her dad. Happy 10th birthday, Lathan. Mummy loves you so much. Our favourite place in the world, the Emirates. Come on, you gunners. Congratulations, Emma and Rich, on the birth of Hetty, our newest gunner. Love Auntie Katie, Uncle Harry, Grandad Jim and Nana Mo. Happy 21st birthday to Clockend Gooner, Tom Wells. Love from Dad, Mum, Phoebe and Megan. Happy 17th birthday, Isabel Goldring. Have a great day and safe driving ahead. Won't be long before you're driving me to the Arsenal. Lots of love, Daddy, Claudia, Riley, Coco, Olivia and Pippin. Kiss, 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 kiss. Happy 30th birthday to Alec McLaughlin. Enjoy the game and lots of love from Mum, Dad, Karina and Laika. Kiss. Arsenal remembers. John Loudon. Died age 61 on December 21st, 2023. Responsible for fueling his son Jack's Arsenal obsession since Arsenal vs Blackburn on December 14th, 2003 at Highbury. Beloved husband, father and friend. Stuart Copeman, lifelong Arsenal supporter who sadly passed away on December 31st, 2023, age 64. 
a devoted and loving husband, father, grandfather and brother. You will be missed, but forever remembered by the Copeman family and all your friends. R.I.P. Alex James Belcher, born in Highbury, 1936, passed away December 15th, from a family of Arsenal supporters and a true football man. Donaldson de Boulay, passed away on Friday, December 8th, 2023, a dear friend who loved people and loved Arsenal, especially winning titles and celebrating St. Totteringham's Day. In his final days, he gave a fist pump when he heard Arsenal top the Premier League. Thank you for the memories. You will be dearly missed by all your family and friends. R.I.P. Arsenal Voice No More Red The No More Red Initiative Champions, Role Models, the importance of which are highlighted by Gavin and Colin. Gavin Hibbert, 20, aims to inspire others through his experiences. He is now part of the peer advisory group for the Islington Youth Offending Service and was awarded a No More Red shirt in recognition of the changes he has made to his life and the positive choices he has taken. Growing up, I just loved being outside more than inside. That was from early, from primary school. When you become a teenager, it's a bit different. I moved from Hackney to North London. I didn't know anyone, but you'd see the boys and want to get involved. I thought Arsenal's Kicks project was great because I loved football, but at the time I loved trouble as much as I loved football. You kind of get lost in between the two. Do you want to become a football player or do you want to be in trouble? I found myself more on the trouble side. At 12 or 13, I just wanted to be like the other bigger boys. Thankfully, I was able to take my life in a different direction. It comes through having good professionals in your corner. You need people who will tell you the right thing to do. You'll definitely have people telling you the wrong things, so it's crucial to have people telling you to do right. It's also about seeing that you can do better, that there's an option to be better. If I didn't see that option, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I had a glimpse and saw that I could do something. It can be something as simple as being at a kick session and seeing people who are really good at football. You aspire to be like that. I've had bad role models, but as time goes on, you start looking for the right role models. And luckily enough, they came. Mentoring was big, from the youth offending service to Arsenal to boxing. Being a role model is about how you carry yourself. For me, it was a whole life change. It's about changing your mentality, changing the way you speak to people. You have to sort your feelings out. You can't be angry. It's about showing what it is to be a leader through your actions. I think I'm the first person from my estate to make a change. Changing your lifestyle is like dying. You have to kill everything you know, everything you've done, everything that's happened. It all has to go. You have to become a whole new person. Every young person has talent. Everyone has potential. I had the potential but didn't know where to direct it. I found a sense of belonging after making that change and that's important. Let's say you become a coach and meet other coaches. You want to meet people who have the same mindset but can also teach you something. 
When I was doing bad things, I had a lot of other people around me doing the same. Having people around who teach you good things is important. In terms of belonging, at one point the only person I'd see was from Spark to Life, a charity that advocates and empowers young people at risk of offending. Spending time with him, seeing his mindset and the things he did helped me to pick things up I wouldn't have got from negative role models. Colin Adams is Director of Local Community Centre Brickworks and Chair of the Octopus Network, a charity partner of No More Red. He is a well-respected community leader for his work locally. It is important to have role models, especially for our young people, to aspire to have the right attitudes and attributes. And some of our footballers are fantastic role models, people like Bukeo. Football is a great catalyst. Community centres aren't inviting for young people, but no more red and Arsenal are. I used to work in the Department for Education. While education is important, it doesn't have to be formal education. People can be educated through life. Role models can give you things education can't. It's not about sitting here and telling people to get 10 GCSEs. You need to know what's right or wrong and how you can make a difference. You need to know what you're good at as well. And if you don't know, ask a friend. If you're a parent, your kids don't want toys, they just want your time. They want you to listen to what they say. We work with disenfranchised young people who just want someone to believe in them, to value them and to give them that opportunity. The No More Red project has been inspirational for some of our young people. Whenever people are presented with their No More Red shirts at Emirates Stadium, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience walking on the pitch at Arsenal in front of all those people. It changes young people. They need people to have faith in them. It's all about confidence, and in that sense, it's a bit like football. If you're confident, you can do anything. If you're not confident, you're always going to shy away. Our role is to instill that confidence in people. No more red. Emil Smith Rowe. Our Hayland graduate knows what Arsenal means on and off the pitch. Emil Smith Rowe has long been a champion of Arsenal in the community. Here he talks about why our work off the pitch, including the No More Red campaign, is so important to him. Today is our third dedicated No More Red match day, but our first here at home at Emirates Stadium. Emil Smith-Rowe came on as a second-half substitute in our FA Cup third-round win over Oxford United last season when we last sported our striking all-white kit and the attacking midfielder is desperate to get back into FA Cup action today. In fact, he was on the score sheet the last time we played an FA Cup tie at home, the 2-0 extra-time win over Newcastle United in January 2021, and he expects tonight's clash against Liverpool to be just as intense. And he's also keen to play his part in supporting the No More Red initiative again. Born and raised in Croydon, South London, Emil joined the Hayland Academy when he was nine, and since becoming a member of the first-team squad, he has been hugely engaged in the club's community work, especially at this time of the year. 
Back in 2018, he visited the Arsenal hub on Christmas Day to spend time with young care leavers from the local area and the following year spent two hours of his Christmas Day on a Zoom call as part of the same project. He has continued to give up his time around Christmas every year since and in the past few months this year he has visited sessions at the Arsenal hub for both children and our student coaches taken in a walking football session for people with Parkinson's disease and joined in on our traditional Christmas visits to local hospitals. We caught up with him over the festive period to ask him about the importance of No More Red and today's huge FA Cup clash, but started off by asking him about his recent return to fitness. How is your fitness now, Emil? How was the rehab? And did you approach it differently this time to previous injuries? I'm feeling good now. I've been back in training for a while and it's all good at the moment. I don't think I did anything differently in rehab. I just felt a lot better with it this time. At first, we thought the injury would be a bit longer. But I started feeling really good after just a few weeks. So then I kicked on and I'm feeling good now as well. How did you feel in those first few games back? Were you apprehensive at all when you got back out onto the pitch? No, I've had no problems, so now I'm not thinking about the injury at all. It's behind me, and I want to kick on by getting on the pitch. The team has been doing so well lately, and of course I want to be part of that and to get involved as soon as possible. How do you assess the team this year with the changes we've made? I think we've definitely pushed on and we look really strong this year. We've added some new players and brought a few new players in and they've added a lot of strength to the team. It's great to see Declan here. I knew him a bit from playing with England before and he's a great guy. Obviously everyone can see what he's doing on the pitch. He's been amazing for us. But off the pitch too and around the training ground, he's added more leadership. The way he demands the best from himself and his teammates is really good. He's one of the big leaders here already. With us fighting at the top of the league now, have you noticed a step up in intensity in training as well over the past few months? Yeah, training is really intense actually. I think it's got to be like that, to keep pushing every day and to keep improving and the manager demands that. It's nice to be high up in the league, but in training, you're not thinking about that. You just want to get better every day and keep improving. I love that side of it. Everybody has to prove that they can play here, so it means every session you have to be at your best. It's a great environment to be in. We start our FA Cup journey again today, and it couldn't be a much tougher start, could it? Yes, it's a really tough start. Everybody knows how strong Liverpool are, but we are at home, so we feel like we've got a good chance of going through. As long as we stick to the game plan the manager gives us, I think we can do well. We'll approach it like we do any game. We want to win every game, and that's the mentality. What are your own favourite memories of the FA Cup? For me, it's when Arsenal won the final against Hull City in 2014. We were 2-0 down and came back to win it with that great goal from Aaron Ramsey. I was 14 at the time, watching it at home, and that was a great day for all Arsenal fans. It's one of my main Arsenal memories growing up. It was the first time I'd seen us win a trophy. So, of course, you want to be involved in moments like that. 
For the 2020 final, I was still on loan at Huddersfield, watching Alba score twice to beat Chelsea. That's a great memory too. We saw you in action at the Arsenal Hub recently with some of our young supporters at a community event. What was that like? It's fun. It always is when you meet the kids there, because we'd love to do more of that sort of thing as players when our schedule allows it. It's great to see their reaction when you walk in the room. You can make their day just by being there. So it's strange when you think about it like that, and it's a huge privilege for us too. You have been a regular visitor to the hub in recent times, helping out at events, and you regularly give up your time at Christmas too. Why is that important for you to be involved in that way? I think it comes from my parents. Both of them work with kids, and for me it's really important to give something back whenever you can. I want to follow in my parents' footsteps in that respect, and I enjoy it too, getting involved and seeing the smiles of kids' faces. I like to do it at Christmas too, because it's a big time of the year for children, and if I can help with that, then I want to do it. At that age, I think it's important to have somewhere like that. We are also championing role models. Who were your main role models growing up? Mainly my parents and family, especially my brother, who's older than me. He's 30 now, so him and his friends were definitely influential for me. We played football together, and at that age, you also look at how they behave, even the things they wore and stuff like that. You might not even realise it at the time, but you need people to look up to who are setting a good example. I wanted to be just like my brother when I was growing up, Also, I think kids need to see that there are similar people from similar backgrounds or areas who are out there on the right pathway that they can follow too. Today's game is our No More Red dedicated match day. As you know, the initiative was set up to help combat knife crime and one of the aspects we are highlighting this year is creating safe spaces. How important was that for you, feeling safe in your own environment when you were a kid? Well, I grew up in South London and it was a bit different for me because I didn't go out that much. My mum and dad preferred me to stay in. What I'd mostly do was go to the park behind my house and play football. But that always felt very safe to me because it was literally at the end of my garden. That was great for me. I could play there with my dad and my brother, so that was obviously important to me at that age. Then, when we moved, when I was about 14 or 15, We could go to a club and play table tennis, watch football and stuff. At that age, I think it's important to have somewhere like that. We are also highlighting the importance of providing opportunities to young people. What opportunities did you have growing up? I had that park behind my house, which was great, and it's great to see Arsenal building facilities in inner city areas where kids can play football too. It has to start somewhere, and I was lucky that I went to Arsenal at a young age and then had the opportunity to work with great coaches. But everyone needs to get that first chance, and I think the good thing is that there are more opportunities and places where kids can go and play football now. That's why I like to get involved too, and see both sides if you like, because now I'm in football, I've had my eyes opened to more of the work that Arsenal does in the community. Finally, we are also focusing on the importance of a sense of belonging, working together and having respect for each other. 
Yeah, that's definitely important for me. You definitely improve when everyone around you is working together and when you really feel like you're part of a team. I was lucky enough to have that while I was growing up at Hale End. I always wanted to try and get on with everyone, be respectful to others. Maybe I was lucky, but all my age group teams got on well. It was like a brotherhood, and that makes it so much more enjoyable. Arsenal Voice. No more red. Sanche and Kea both understand the importance of creating opportunities through the No More Red initiative. Sanchez Ramgeet, 19, works as an Arsenal in the Community sessional coach and is ball squad manager for the club. A community participant for six years, he progressed from our Alternative Education Provision Programme and was awarded a white shirt for his work. He also features in the community film made as part of the No More Red launch. I feel like the community has a lot of opportunities, and where I'm from, the football pitch at Elthorne Park, is so important. I moved from East London, and the pitch is where I've met all my friends. I started going there to play football with Arsenal kicks, and the pitch was a big factor. You go there on your own, and then you meet one or two people who might ask you to play a match. That's how it starts. The first opportunity I had with Arsenal in the community was being able to coach when I was at college. After that, I got my AQA qualification. I've gone on to be a volunteer, an assistant coach, and to then being part of the ball squad. From there, I went into coaching and then became a ball squad manager. I like the route I've taken. I've been all over the place with Arsenal, and it all started from Elthorne. Giving young people opportunities is a big motivation for them. If you're getting rewarded, you're going to want to do good. Who doesn't like going away and having fun in a different space and environment? The sense of belonging that we talk about at Arsenal to me means that I'm here for a reason. I'm not just here to play football. You don't want to be somewhere where you don't feel welcome. From when I first started at Arsenal, Elthorne gave me a sense of belonging. I felt like I had a very big opportunity, so I grabbed it. You feel part of a team and part of a community, and you never know where it can take you. I hope I'm a role model to others. One person has said it to me before, and I try to be the best I can be to help everyone else. I'm very easy to talk to. I'll always support you if you're doing something positive. You can talk to me about football. You can ask for guidance on what you should do. I like to think I can bring a positive effect on anyone around me. Role models are a big, big factor in what happens in your life. If you see your role model doing something, it can push you to be like them. If your role model is a footballer and you see them succeed, you're going to want to do the same and do whatever it takes to be successful. It pushes you on to do what you want to achieve. We're trying to make our community better, and I think No More Red plays a huge part in it. I think the message has connected with young people. It makes you think a lot when you see a big club like Arsenal with the white shirts. I feel like it plays a massive part and helps people. 
Councillor Keokoma Schwartz is leader of Islington Council and a key partner for Arsenal in the community. She has supported a wide range of AITC initiatives over the past five years and is key to helping us embed our programmes locally. She has also supported No More Red by presenting white shirts to young people on match days. We're really lucky in Islington. We're in London, the capital city, and we have huge opportunities around culture and business. There are loads of different industries on our doorstep. It's not necessarily the lack of opportunities for young people. It's about knowing what opportunities are there for them and to have the confidence to access them. It's about understanding those opportunities are as much theirs as anyone else's. We need to do a lot more, so the things we create for young people are designed by young people. We have our Youth Council, which sees individuals elected by other young people represent them every year. They really help us shape the services for young people. We work with organisations like Arsenal in the community to create spaces where young people can be heard. It's really important, but it's something we always need to do more. A campaign such as No More Red is crucial to what our borough is about. I believe that every single child's life is extremely precious. We need to make sure that Islington is the best place to grow up and that we're giving all we can to make sure they thrive. Sadly, we know knife crime and violence is still a huge issue we need to tackle. We do so much to try and promote youth safety, and we've been working in partnership with Arsenal in the community for years. The coaching and the mentoring has been amazing, but it's something we can never take our eyes off for a second. Arsenal is such a reputable brand in the borough. We all have amazing adults in our lives, people like teachers, social workers and youth workers, who are brilliant. But the aspiration and the inspiration that Arsenal creates is amazing. It's not just about football, it's about celebrating the limitless potential of our young people and some of the individuals we've given profiles to through the No More Red campaign who are into music or theatre or looking after people or engineering. It's amazing because it uses the power of football and the brand to say you can be anything you want to be and we're fully behind you in that. Our fave shirt. Today's No More Red fixture is a special one for the Arsenal Shirt Collectors Group, whose members tell us about their favourite shirts in each issue. The group, coordinated by Dave Roberts, have been working closely with the Copenhagen Youth Project, one of the ten charities benefiting from the No More Red initiative. Dave takes up the story. Our Arsenal Shirt Collectors Group, which is based on Facebook, have been working all season with Copenhagen Youth Project to raise money to build a new music studio for their base in Islington. Members of our group from across the globe have been making donations through a number of campaigns, including donating the £3 cost of a coffee to setting up pop-up shops in Islington, with a percentage of sales donated. They've also held charity auctions for some very rare and sought-after Arsenal shirts from the past 25 years. We set out to raise £5,000, 
but recently our total hit £19,000 in donations from members. The support and sense of community from the group towards CYP has been amazing, with members offering professional services as well as donations. No More Red felt like a natural cause to rally behind because of the incredible work done by charities like CYP, and also because there's obviously a really special nature to the symbolic white shirts. Unlike all other kits that the members collect, these shirts can only be earned by getting involved in the campaign and making a contribution to the long-term commitment by Arsenal and Adidas to tackle the root causes of youth violence and provide safe spaces and more opportunities for our young people. A number of members have been involved in the various charities, but CYP has been their main partner, with huge engagement to achieve the objective of getting the music studio funded, built and working. This has forged a real connection between members wherever they live and a charity in the heart of Islington. The partnership now moves into 2024, with members dropping into CYP and helping out with the studio build. Donations will continue to support the volunteers who do such a great job with young people. The hope is that more members will step forward to be involved in the various NMR charities again next season, so that more of these incredibly rare shirts can be earned and can make a difference to young people in the area. Did you know? When Arsenal lost to Nottingham Forest in 2022 in the white kit, it meant they had only lost twice at the third round stage since 1996, both against Forest. The match featured the final minutes in an Arsenal shirt for Sean Kolasinac. Our first goal in the NMR kit was a thumping header by Moel Nenny after 63 minutes of our 3-0 third round win at Oxford United last season. The match featured the last time we saw Brazilian winger Marquinhos in an Arsenal shirt. He is currently on loan at Nantes. Are you a shirt collector? If you share an interest in collecting Arsenal kit, there's an Arsenal shirt collectors group of over 3,500 members worldwide who buy, sell and swap Arsenal kit from all seasons. All welcome. You can find them on Twitter at shirt underscore Arsenal or Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 986 202 4261 Arsenal Women Women to play in white too Arsenal women will have their own dedicated No More Red match day and will also wear the white shirts for the first time when we take on Watford in the Women's FA Cup on Sunday, January 14th. The match will take place at Meadow Park with kick-off at 1pm and, like today, there will be a No More Red-themed match day programme. Another first for Arsenal women. The Gunners will be looking to lift the trophy for a record-extending 15th time this season. We first won the FA Cup back in 1993, but haven't lifted it since beating Chelsea 1-0 in the final at Wembley in 2016. We were runners-up in both 2018 and 2021, and last season we lost 2-0 at eventual winners Chelsea in the fifth round. Watford are currently bottom of the championship, having taken six points from one win and three draws in their 12 games so far this season. 
Their squad features ex-gunner Gemma Davison, who was part of our quadruple winning squad here in 2006-7, and also won Women's Super League titles with both Liverpool and Chelsea, as well as a number of young Arsenal stars on dual registration deals. West Ham to kick off early. Our Women's Super League game at West Ham United on February 4th will now kick off at the earlier time of 12.30pm, having been moved from 3pm as a result of broadcast selections. The game at Chigwell Construction Stadium will be shown on BBC Two. Our first league game of 2024 is against Everton at home on Sunday, January 20th, and we will be looking to get our title challenge back on track after the 1-0 defeat at Tottenham Hotspur in our final Women's Super League game of 2023. United next at Emirates. Don't forget that our next game at the Emirates is another big one against Manchester United on Saturday, February 17th. Tickets are on sale now and selling fast. In fact, more than 40,000 tickets have already been sold in what is our fastest-selling women's game to date. Early bird tickets for Manchester United are still available via Arsenal.com, as they are for our fixture against Tottenham Hotspur at Emirates Stadium on March the 3rd. Step by step, a big hit. Our latest documentary series, Step by Step, aired last month, and it has been a huge hit with supporters, as well as across the wider media, with many news outlets highlighting issues raised in the five-part series. Step by Step follows Arsenal strikers Beth Mead and Viviane Miedema in their rehabilitation from the ACL injuries they suffered within weeks of each other in late 2022, and delves into the physical and mental challenges of recovering from such serious injuries. Notably, both Viv and Beth wanted to make sure that their injuries didn't put young girls off playing football, and we're delighted that this issue in particular has received coverage in the wider media. If you missed it, you can still watch all five episodes at arsenal.com. Emirates FA Cup Season Breakdown the FA Cup 2014. What happened? We ended our nine-year wait for a trophy with an unforgettable comeback win against Hull City in a breathless final at Wembley Stadium. Arsene Wenger's men were heavy favourites going into our record equaling 18th FA Cup final against a club who were playing their first ever final in the famous old competition but things got off to a disastrous start when Tom Huddleston's shot was deflected past Lukas Fabianski by James Chester after just four minutes. Then, just five minutes later, Curtis Davies scored from close range after Alex Bruce's header from a free kick was parried. It almost got even worse in the opening quarter of an hour, but Kieran Gibbs cleared Bruce's header off the line. A couple of minutes after that, Santi Cazorla curled home a spectacular free kick to start the comeback. Laurent Koscielny netted the equaliser from close range with 20 minutes remaining to take the game into extra time. And then, with the penalty shootout just 10 minutes away, Oliver Giroud set up Aaron Ramsey to fire home the winner and send the Gunners fans into raptures. Our 2014 Cup run, which had all been played in London, 
therefore had the happiest of endings. It was fitting that we did it the hard way in the final, as the run had started with a tough test as well. We faced local rivals Tottenham at home in the third round, but in the end made short work of Spurs, with Cazorla scoring the first on the half-hour and Thomas Rosicki dispossessing Danny Rose on the halfway line before sprinting free and grabbing the second just after the hour. We were back at home in the fourth round against League One side Coventry City, and two goals from Lukas Podolski laid the platform for a comfortable 4-0 win. A sterner test awaited us in the fifth round against high-flying Liverpool, again at the Emirates. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Podolski put us two goals to the good, and Stephen Gerrard's penalty proved to be a consolation effort as we marched into the last eight. Everton came calling in the quarter-final. Mesut Ozil's early strike was cancelled out by Romelu Lukaku in the first half, and the game was finally poised going into the final 25 minutes. We were awarded a penalty on 68 minutes, and although Mikel Arteta was told to retake his successful spot kick, he kept his nerve to net from 12 yards again. Giroud's late brace gave the scoreline some added gloss. And so to Wembley for the semi-final, against defending FA Cup holders Wigan Athletic of the Championship. Per Mertesacker conceded a penalty after the hour mark, and Wigan took a shock lead with Jordi Gomez scoring the spot kick. Mertesacker made amends for his mistake late on by heading in from Gibbs' sliced effort, but extra time remained goalless, so the game went to penalties. Fabianski's proved to be the hero by saving Wigan's first two penalties. Arteta, Kim Kallström and Giroud were all perfect from 12 yards, meaning Cazorla sent us into the final with his decisive spot kick. There were plenty more nervy moments in the final, but Ramsey's late strike will go down in FA Cup folklore and clinched us our 11th triumph in the competition. Our fixtures, third round, Saturday, January 4th, 2014. Arsenal 2, Cazorla 31, Rosicki 62. Tottenham Hotspur 0. Fourth round, Friday, January 24th, 2014. Arsenal 4, Podolski 15, 27, Giroud 84, Cazorla 89, Coventry City 0. Fifth round, Sunday, February 16th, 2014. Arsenal 2, Oxlade-Chamberlain 16, Podolski 47, Liverpool 1, Gerrard penalty 59. Quarter-final, Saturday, March 8th, 2014. Arsenal 4, Ozil 7, Arteta penalty 68, Giroud 83-85. Everton 1, Lukaku 32. Semi-final, Saturday, April 12th, 2014. Wigan Athletic 1, Gomez penalty 63, Arsenal 1, Metasaka 82. After extra time, Arsenal win 4-2 on penalties. Final, Saturday, May 17th, 2014. Arsenal 3, Cazorla 17, Koscielny 71, Ramsey 108. Hull City 2, Chester 4, Davies 8. After extra time. Starts and sub-appearances, goals. Lukas Fabianski, 6. Per Mertesacker, 5 plus 1, 1 goal. 
Mikel Arteta, 5, 1 goal. Santi Cazorla, 4 plus 2, 3 goals. Mesut Ozil, 4 plus 1, 1 goal. Lucas Podolski, 4, 3 goals. Lauren Koscielny, 4, 1 goal. A. Oxlade-Chamberlain, 4, 1 goal. Bakari Sagna, 4. Kieran Gibbs, 3 plus 2. Yaya Sanogo, 3 plus 1. Nacho Monreal, 3. Thomas Vermaelen, 3. Mathieu Flamini, 2 plus 1. Carl Jenkinson, 2 plus 1. Jack Wilshire, 2 plus 1. Aaron Ramsey, 2, 1 goal. Serge Gnabry, 2. Olivier Giroud, 1 plus 4, 3 goals. Thomas Rosicki, 1 plus 2, 1 goal. Nicholas Bentner, 1. Theo Walcott, 1. Kim Kalstrom, 0 plus 1. Gedeon Zalem, 0 plus 1. Elsewhere in football, Manuel Pellegrini guided Manchester City to their second Premier League title, two points clear of Liverpool, thanks to a final day win over West Ham. Chelsea were third, while we took the fourth and final Champions League spot, seven points ahead of Everton. Norwich City, Fulham and Cardiff City were all relegated. Manchester City also won the League Cup. Luis Suarez won the Golden Boot in the Premier League and was named PFA Player of the Season. Leicester City came off as Championship champions, while Liverpool were champions in the Women's Super League. Arsenal won the Women's FA Cup, beating Everton 2-0 in the final, but lost the Continental Cup final 1-0 to Manchester City, who lifted their first major trophy. A few weeks after the FA Cup final, Brazil hosted the 2014 World Cup, won by Germany, who beat Argentina in the final. Cristiano Ronaldo won the 2014 Ballon d'Or for the third time in his career. Arsenal Voice. No more red. No More Red helps foster a sense of belonging. Gloria and Tanisha explain how this has been important to them. Gloria, 17, is a prominent and well-respected member of our Girls' Kicks programme, acting as a role model and leader for the other participants. Gloria was recently awarded a white shirt for being part of a national youth forum with the Premier League, with a focus on developing sustainability-based social action projects in local communities. I've been in touch with Arsenal in the community for six years now. I started back in Year 7 when Arsenal came to my school. In Year 10, I was invited to some other sessions. Fast forward two years and I've been doing the Apprentice Programme. I've completed my Level 1 Playmaker course and have also taken part in fun activities while visiting many different stadiums. Through Arsenal, I was also able to become a member of the Premier League Protect the Planet Youth Panel. That was a wonderful experience because I went to lots of different stadiums, which was great fun, even if the journeys were quite long and needed an early start in the morning. But it has been good to meet other people on the panel, as they're all lovely. We hosted the event in November, and it was the result of nine months of work. Seeing that come to life was really inspiring. 
I'm very grateful to Arsenal for giving me the chance to have that experience. As part of it, I've done some upcycling, where I created bags from shirts from previous seasons. And through the Rocky 7 programme, I met David Rowcastle's daughter, Monique, who was really nice, as were the people I met from Adidas. Those off-the-pitch opportunities are just as important as those on the pitch. When you have opportunities to take part in programmes at the weekend, you're able to really immerse yourself in them. Those opportunities have opened my eyes to all aspects of football. Even if I'm not that good on the pitch, I can still take part in these activities. We're all at one level and we can all learn to grow together. Being on the youth panel taught me a lot about what other clubs are doing to protect the planet. The upcycling and fashion projects were also fun. Not many of us there were overly creative, but we were still able to design something. Arsenal in the community feels like a family. I still spend time with the same friends I made six years ago. Some things have changed, but a lot has stayed the same. I wouldn't change it for the world because I enjoy it. I feel like Arsenal has definitely given me a sense of belonging. Every time I go to a session, I really enjoy it and I feel happy. When I'm on the pitch playing with my friends, I feel comfortable. It feels like home. Back in September, I broke my finger and I'm not allowed to play until January, but I still come to the sessions and enjoy watching my friends play. I felt honoured to receive a no more red shirt. It feels really exclusive and I never thought I'd get one. To be part of that, to be recognised and to be seen as someone able to receive a shirt made me feel really honoured. I'm so proud of it. Tanisha Appleton is a key member of Love and Loss, a support group for families who have lost loved ones to youth violence. The group now consists of more than 20 families who meet monthly at the Arsenal Hub and gain strength through supporting each other. For me, a sense of belonging is about being somewhere you feel seen and heard. It's a safe place where you can open up, where you can be vulnerable and where people understand you. I think that's what we've created with the group. I know a lot of people who come to the group say they feel seen, they feel heard and they feel understood. It's the place where they're not judged. We've all got each other and we've created a community and a kind of family ourselves, really. My family set up love and loss because when you go through a loss like that, it comes to a point where once you've been through the funeral or the trial, you just ask yourself, what next? You have to adjust to this new way of life. We felt like, what do we do now? And if we felt like that, we thought other families would feel the same. We set out to create a space where we could meet and speak freely about our experiences while also offering a bit of comfort to each other. Sometimes you'll have those who come to the group who may not have been to court before. For me, that was a massive shock. You've gone through something so devastating, but then you go into a courtroom where it's spoken about in a very matter-of-fact way. There's no emotion. That's one thing I try to get across to families, to be prepared for that. Like I said, it was quite a shock to me. Being young and going through that transition into adult life can be such a difficult time. You're managing emotions and peer pressure, so a sense of self-belonging is massive for young people. The work that Arsenal in the community do is big in bringing that sense of belonging together in the community. It's really, really important. 
Academy Young Gun, Max Kuczynski. The Basics, born London, September 27th, 2006. Joined 8th of the 10th, 2018. Height and weight, 6 foot, 73 kilograms. Position, centre-back or left-back. Boots, Adidas X. School, Harris Boys Academy, East Dulwich. Number, 102. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace, 89. Dribbling, 70. Passing, 84. Shooting, 70. Defending, 84. Physical, 80. I grew up in the south-east London area around Peckham and started playing football quite young when I was around four. It was mainly through my dad who brought me up as a huge Arsenal fan. Some of my earliest memories are going to the Arsenal game where we beat Tottenham 5-2 in the North London derby in 2012. That was a crazy game. I remember we came back from 2-0 down, which made the victory even sweeter. And since then, I was hooked. I'm also a huge Formula One fan and I got into it from watching the Netflix Drive to Survive series. Lewis Hamilton is my favourite driver. My family background is a mix. My dad's parents are originally from Poland, hence my surname, but he grew up in England. Similarly, my mum, her parents are from Jamaica, but she also grew up in England. So, I'm English, but I would also qualify to play for Poland and Jamaica too. I've got a younger brother who also plays football. I went to Kenda Primary School and when I was in Year 3, I was playing for the Year 5 and Year 6 football teams. So, playing quite high up. I went to the Harris Academy Secondary School in East Dulwich and I continued playing up my age for the school football teams. However, during this whole period, I was playing at striker and a little left wing too. The first team I played for was Dulwich Village, not too far from my house. Then I moved to a team called Elms. They were both Sunday league teams. During this period, I went on trial for the Lewisham District team which is essentially pooling together all the best players from the borough of Lewisham into a team, and then we would play against other London boroughs. It was from there that I got scouted by Arsenal. At 11, Arsenal took me in on a trial. I was nervous, but also very excited at the prospect of being able to play for the team I supported. In the early days of my trial, I was playing left wing, but soon after they decided to put me at centre-back. I think it was good because I was good on the ball and tall. Also, given that I am left-footed and there weren't many left-footers around, they decided to try me there. At first, it was a bit odd, but then I began to grow and love and enjoy the role. In my team, we had Will Sweet, Jacki Fisher and Dan Casey, who are all still here with me at under-18s level. We also had Miles Lewis-Skelly and Ethan Nwaneri, but they were playing in upper-age groups most of the time. One of the particular highlights during my Helen days, I'd say, was when we went to Florida for a tournament in my under-13 season. To be able to travel to different places and discover parts of the world is an amazing opportunity, especially when we're over there to play football. Also, I remember a game against Leighton Orient at under-15s, where I played very well and scored a really nice goal. Getting my scholarship was a special feeling as I am an Arsenal fan, and I've been at the club for so long. It was great to see the coaches put their faith in me and reward all the hard work that I had put in. Having Jack Wilshire as a coach for us has been great too. I remember watching him play for Arsenal when I was younger, so it's quite surreal having him now coach us 
and help us develop our games so we can also hopefully have Premier League careers with Arsenal. I'm just recovering from an injury and I'm very close to being fully fit. I've played a few minutes for the under-17s, but I'm very close to making my under-18 Premier League debut, which I'm really looking forward to doing and helping the team for the second half of the season. I've trained with the first team a couple of times and it's been a great experience. The tempo they play at is crazy. You fully experience how intense it is at that level. It's a proper eye-opener. In one of the sessions, I had to mark Gabriel Jesus and that was a very tough challenge. His dribbling is unreal and he's very quick and strong, so it's really hard to deal with. After the session, most of the coaches were very encouraging, so I'm hoping to get better each time. Before each game, I always put my right boot on first and then my left boot, and it's the exact same with my shin pads, my right leg first and then my left leg. The No More Red campaign is so important because it highlights a really important societal issue. We all need to do more to prevent knife crime and youth violence. Also, we need to ensure that young people have role models to look up to who can encourage them to go on the right path. Arsenal, Arsenal in the community and Adidas have done great work in this respect and the successes they have had are fantastic. I hope it will continue to help more young people reach their full potential and achieve their goals. Around the Academy. Engage and educate. As Academy Manager, Per Mertesacker presides over a dozen squads from under 8s to 21s, featuring close to 200 young males. As we celebrate our No More Red initiative, we ask Per about the importance of educating our young players about the fight against knife crime. There's a huge responsibility in general as academies where we're in charge of young people, says the former Arsenal captain. The players come from different backgrounds, they have different stories, and they will all face different issues at different times. We just want to make sure that, with everything we do and everything we stand for, we really make sure social issues are elevated when necessary. With knife crime in London, a lot of neighbourhoods are affected. We need to continue to be with our communities and make sure to engage and educate our youngsters to be risk-aware and step up when they need to. That's not always easy. Today's match certainly elevates the social issues mentioned, and Per is a great supporter. I'm really proud of the No More Red initiative and that we can make a contribution to the community, he says. It's also about creating role models for the future. That's our biggest thing, developing young individuals who are ready to face any challenge they may come across in their lives. Knife crime is one of the issues we want to make people aware of and tackle. We want to create role models. Four stars. It's not only Per Mertesacker who's committed to the No More Red project. In fact, four of our pre-academy coaches were awarded special white shirts for their own dedication to the cause. Mark Rivers, Mark Heyman, Andy Gibbons and Ben Roberts received the recognition for working with a grassroots football club, Sporting Vista Club, who had tragically lost one of their young coaches to knife crime. Our quartet attended and coached at Sporting Vista Club sessions, gave them access to Hale End, and talked through ways to help them build on what they do and how support can be provided. Emil Smith-Rowe's father, Les, 
was also involved in helping our academy and this grassroots club forge a stronger connection. Scholars hit the hub. On the Monday before Christmas, Jack Wilshire and the Academy Scholars visited the community hub to help out with donations to the Islington Food Bank, take part in sessions and chat to participants from eight different groups, namely PLPFA Health, Strength and Balance, PLPFA Health, Bowls, PLPFA Health, Walking Football, Men's and Women's, PLPFA Football Plus Girls, 6 to 9, PLPFA Football Plus Mixed, Under 15s, PLPFA Double Club, Arsenal Community Coach Development Programme, Amputees. Participants were excited to meet the players and Arsenal staff, with everyone who attended in good spirits and inspired by the sessions. It follows the recent visit to the hub from a number of men's first team players, including Bukayo Saka, William Saliba and Durian Timber, as well as visits by the men's and women's first team players to hospitals across the borough, spreading festive cheer in the community. The scholars also needed no reminding of the importance of community at the club, which remains at the heart of everything we do off the pitch, with former first-team star and under-18s head coach Jack Wilshire knowing firsthand the importance of the one-club mentality, who made it clear to his young players that this work is vital to the development of younger players, providing communities with positive role models. Arsenal in the community also worked with Islington Council, and Go Forward Youth to provide Christmas Day celebrations for care-experienced young people from Islington. AITC have worked with Islington Leaving Care Service since 2011 to provide opportunities for care-experienced young people, particularly relating to education and employment. It could be you. Last week, we welcomed our under-8 pre-academy team to our first team training ground at London Colney. It was a special day which included a training session led by our men's first-team coaches and high-end graduates, Bukayo Saka, Eddie Nekataya, Emil Smith-Rowe and Rhys Nelson. The day offered a deeper insight into the club and connected our youngest gunners with our players, including those who have made the journey from academy to men's first-team, from Hayland to London Colney. Opportunities like this form an important part of our football strategy which brings together all our teams, players, people and expertise. This is a great example of the steps we're taking to bring opportunity and connection across the club. It was a special day for the boys and their families, but for all of us at Arsenal too. James Ellis, our head of academy recruitment, said, We strive to create a sense of pride and belonging at Arsenal, and it's important to create moments that inspire this feeling. All the pre-academy team are hugely grateful to everyone who helped bring the day to life at a busy time of the season. The excitement and gratitude was measured by the boys' energy when they arrived at London Colney. Their faces and special moments with the players and coaches and the messages of thanks that flooded in after the event were overwhelming. It's clear we spread a lot of joy and happiness and created a sense of belonging to Arsenal. That's something very special. Visitors, Liverpool, Emirates FA Cup, today's visitors, formed 1892, first played in the FA Cup October 15th 1892, beat Nantwich 4-0, first final reached April 25th 1914, 
lost 1-0 to Burnley at Crystal Palace. Total finals, 15-1-8, most recently versus Chelsea on May 14, 2022. 0-0 after extra time, one on penalties. Most FA Cup appearances, Ian Callaghan, 79, 1960-1978. Most FA Cup goals, Ian Rush, 39, 1980-1996. Top of the Premier League table with a three-point lead following a pulsating 4-2 victory at home to Newcastle United on New Year's Day, Liverpool begin 2024 eyeing a potential quadruple. Already through to the semi-final of the Carabao Cup and the UEFA Europa League round of 16, Jurgen Klopp's side will hope to keep that dream alive by eliminating Arsenal from the third round of the FA Cup. The Merseysiders were in a similar situation two seasons ago, though in that instance it was the Champions League on their European radar. In the end, they collected two of the four trophies, losing out to Manchester City in the Premier League and Real Madrid in the Champions League final, but scooping a domestic cup double as they defeated Chelsea on penalties after goalless draws at Wembley in both the Carabao Cup and FA Cup finals. That FA Cup win was the eighth in Liverpool's history, and their first since 2006. The Reds are also the last team to have beaten Arsenal in an FA Cup final, and, furthermore, the only opponents to do so in the Gunners' last ten appearances, coming from behind to win 2-1 at the Millennium Stadium in 2021, with a late Michael Owen brace to seal the second part of a cup treble under Gerard Houllier. That win in Cardiff was the first for Liverpool in an FA Cup final against Arsenal the first two in 1950 2-0 and 1971-2-1 after extra time, having gone the way of the Gunners, the second of them in the club's first double-winning campaign. Arsenal also won the most recent FA Cup meeting 2-1 at home in the 2013-14 stroke fifth round en route to lifting the trophy, though Klopp's side eliminated Mikel Arteta's men in the Carabao Cup semi-final two years ago, winning 2-0 at Emirates Stadium after a goalless draw at Anfield. Despite another recent Anfield draw between the two sides in the Premier League, 1-1, Liverpool are currently in imperious form, stretching their undefeated domestic run to 15 matches, 1-10 drawn 5 with Monday's victory against Newcastle. They return to Emirates Stadium next month for the Premier League rematch, but this week is all about knockout football as the trophy-hunting Merseysiders follow this afternoon's FA Cup tie of the round with the first leg of their Carabao Cup semi-final at home to Fulham on Wednesday. Jurgen Klopp, manager, born, 16th of June 1967, Stuttgart, Germany. Previously, Mainz, 2001-2008. to Borussia Dortmund, 2008-2015. Jürgen has strengthened his reputation as one of Europe's most accomplished coaches since he arrived at Anfield in October 2015. Managing Liverpool to 2018-19 UEFA Champions League glory, the club's maiden Premier League triumph in the following campaign, when the Merseysiders also won the UEFA Super Cup and FIFA Club World Cup, and the 2021-22 Carabao Cup-FA Cup double, to secure eternal recognition 
as one of the club's all-time great managers. A seven-year spell at Borussia Dortmund peaked in 2011-12 when he won the German Bundesliga and DFB Pokal double, retaining the league title in the process. Number 62. Chalmahin Kelleher Born, Cork, Republic of Ireland, 23rd of November 1998. Previously, none. A graduate at Liverpool's Academy, which he joined at 16, Republic of Ireland International, Kormahin, has developed into a more than capable understudy to regular number one, Alisson, and has hit the headlines repeatedly in penalty shootouts, not least in converting the winning kick in the 2022 Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. He has started all three Carabao Cup games this season, plus five of the six in Europe. Number 4. Virgil van Dijk Born, Breda, Netherlands, 8th of July 1991 Previously, Groningen, Celtic, Southampton A towering centre-back whose elegant style belies considerable strength and speed. Virgil has been a Liverpool player since midway through the 2017-18 season when he joined for £75 million from Southampton and now warrants the status of club legend. He has captained the Reds to numerous trophies and also skippers the Netherlands, for whom he appeared in a first major tournament at the 2022 World Cup. Number 2. Joe Gomez, born Catford, 25th of May 1997. Previously, Charlton. With injuries to Andy Robertson and Kostas Timikas, Joe has been filling in at left-back in recent matches, demonstrating his defensive versatility. The 26-year-old ex-Charlton defender has had more than his fair share of injuries, but he was an important contributor to the Reds' 2018-19 Champions League and 2019-20 Premier League triumphs, and having joined in 2015, is now the club's longest-serving player. Number 19. Harvey Elliott, born Chertsey, 4th of April 2003. Previously, Fulham. Blackburn, Lone. A Fulham Academy graduate, Harvey signed for Liverpool in July 2019, age 16, and became the youngest Liverpool player to start a game at Anfield when he took part in the 5-5 draw with Arsenal in the 2019-20 EFL Cup. The gifted left-footer has mostly been a substitute in the Premier League this term. His one goal, a late winner at Crystal Palace, but has appeared for every minute of the Europa League campaign. Number 38. Ryan Gravenberch Born Amsterdam, Netherlands, 16th of May 2002. Previously, Ajax, Bayern Munich. Capped 11 times by the Netherlands, Ryan became a Liverpool player on transfer deadline day in September, when he joined after just one season with German champions Bayern Munich. The 21-year-old midfielder has yet to claim a regular berth in Jurgen Klopp's Premier League eleven, but has been prominent in the Europa League. He began his career at Ajax, where he won three Eredivisie titles and two Dutch Cups. Number 17. Curtis Jones, born Liverpool, 30th of January 2001. Previously, none. Local lad Curtis joined the Liverpool Academy at the age of nine, and made his first team debut five years ago to the day in an FA Cup third-round tie against Wolves. 
a valuable squad member, the 22-year-old midfielder scored his first Premier League goal of the season against Newcastle on New Year's Day, having found the net twice in the 5-1 Carabao Cup quarter-final win at home to West Ham just before Christmas. Number 20. Diogo Jota Born Porto, Portugal, 4th of December 1996 Previously, Pacos de Ferreira Atletico Madrid, Porto, Lone, Wolves The score of both goals when Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-0 here in the second leg of the 2021-22 Carabao Cup semi-final, Diogo is now midway through his fourth season with Liverpool following a September 2020 move from Wolves. He scored his 50th goal for the Reds in their 2-0 win at Burnley on Boxing Day after returning to action following a month out injured. He has 36 caps and 12 goals for Portugal. Number 9. Darwin Nunes Born Artigas, Uruguay 24th of June 1999 Previously, Penarol, Almira, Benfica Liverpool paid Benfica £64 million for the 2021-22 Portuguese Liga's 26-goal top scorer 18 months ago. But it is fair to say that Darwin has divided opinion during his time at Anfield. The dynamic Uruguay international striker was twice a title winner in his homeland with Penarol, but has yet to win a major trophy in Europe though his first Liverpool goal came in a Community Shield win against Manchester City. Scouting Report Text Adrian Clark Tactics We know that Liverpool are most certain to line up in a 4-3-3 that will often resemble 3-2-2-3 when Jurgen Klopp's side have quality possession. Right-back Trent Alexander-Arnold will slip into central midfield to try and create overloads inside the engine room. Away from Anfield, the Reds are less possession-based, with their average share dropping from a division-high 64.76% on Merseyside to 55.49% on their travels. This pronounced dip indicates they exert less control on the road, but as a very dangerous counter-attacking side, it could also be a deliberate ploy to leave space for their front line to exploit on transitions. Style of play Under Klopp's influence, Liverpool will always be a strong pressing side that makes it difficult to play through the lines. When they are at their best, they are a team who can suffocate opponents by pinning them back inside their own half. They also like to spring direct attacks as a matter of course, making more of them than any other top-flight outfit. In our recent 1-1 draw at Anfield, it was a ploy from Liverpool to aim long diagonal passes over the head of our left-back for starman Mo Salah to chase. In the Egyptians' absence due to the Africa Cup of Nations, it will be intriguing to see if Virgil van Dijk and Alexander-Arnold persist with this policy. Both defenders have an outstanding passing range that can help spring instant attacks with one raking long pass. Strengths Liverpool are at their best when playing on the front foot, pushing for goals. In the Premier League, they have outshot every team by some distance during the first half of the campaign, peppering the opposition with shots from inside and outside the danger zone. Pace in forward areas is always one of their strong suits. Even if some stars are missing today, they always have quick, nimble forwards capable of interchanging positions with one another at speed. 
the likes of Darwin Nunes, Diogo Jota, Cody Jackpo and Luis Diaz are all versatile enough to rotate roles without diminishing their goal threat. Trent Alexander-Arnold's right foot is another core strength. He can provide goals and assists with a moment of magic. Weaknesses They defended wide areas well in our 1-1 draw in the Premier League, but those parts of the field remain a weak link at times for Liverpool. When Alexander-Arnold comes in field, he does vacate space on the flanks that force their centre-backs to shift across on the cover. This is when Klopp's back four can become fragmented and vulnerable. Clean sheets are also a rarity away from Anfield. Apart from shutouts at Burnley and Sheffield United, they have conceded at least once this term on their travels. At the halfway stage of 2023-24, seven Premier League rivals had faced more shots than Liverpool away from home, suggesting they will give you chances. Key man, Diogo Jota, has a wonderful record against Arsenal, scoring eight goals in 13 games against us for Liverpool and Wolves. During his career, Leicester City are the only side he has scored more goals against than the Gunners. Jota is deceptively strong in the air, netting with plenty of headers, and his all-round game boasts plenty of intelligence and guile. Injuries have curtailed his progress this term, but Jota's record for Liverpool is still impressive, bagging nine goals from his first 11 starts. He is a frontman that will fancy his chances of impacting this FA Cup tie at Emirates Stadium. Match action. Premier League, Saturday, December 23rd, 2023, Anfield. Liverpool 1, Arsenal 1. Key moments, 4 minutes. Gabriel heads home from Odegaard's dangerous free kick. 20, Odegaard drags a shot just wide. 29, Salah equalises with a fierce left foot drive in the box. 72, Alexander-Arnold hits the bar on the counter-attack. Quote, Mikel Arteta. An unbelievable game of football. One of the most intense active games that I've witnessed in 20 years in this league. I'm just really proud of the team because they really were at their best today. We have raised the level that we needed to, to compete with them and have the chance to win it. What the boys done in this ground today, it's phenomenal. Match facts. We will start Christmas Day top of the English top flight table in two consecutive years for just the second time after last doing so in 1932 and 1933. Gabriel scored our earliest ever Premier League goal at Arsenal, timed at 3 minutes 28 seconds. Since his first Premier League season, 2020-21, Gabriel has scored more goals in this competition than any other defender with 11. Match Action Premier League, Thursday, December 28th, 2023, 8.15pm Emirates Stadium Arsenal 0, West Ham United 2 Suchet, 13, assist, Bowen Mavropanos, 55, assist, Ward-Prowse Match Stats, expected goals, AFC 2.77 WHUFC 1.42 
Shots AFC 30, WH UFC 6, Shots on Target AFC 8, WH UFC 3, Hit Woodwork AFC 1, WH UFC 0, Possession AFC 74%, WH UFC 26%, Completed Passes AFC 679, WH UFC 184 Corners AFC 10 WH UFC 3 Tackles 1 AFC 7 WH UFC 11 Offsides AFC 0 WH UFC 1 Yellow Cards AFC 2 WH UFC 0 Red Cards AFC 0 WH UFC 0 Key moments. Fourth minute. Suchek scores from close range after a defensive mix-up. 42nd minute. Saka thumps his shot against the post. 55th minute. Mavropanos heads the second from a corner. 66th minute. Jesus heads wide when well placed. 90th minute. Rea saves Ben Rama's penalty. Match facts. This was our first defeat in a Premier League London derby for 18 matches since May 2022. We had 77 touches in the opposition box, the most by a team who failed to score in a Premier League match since records started in 2008-09. David Rea saved his first penalty for us. Quotes Martin Odegaard I think we created more than enough to score goals to win the game and it was the little details and the little last pass or the finish that was missing today. We have to learn from it and make sure we get sharper and better in front of the goals. The goals we conceded were too easy, so definitely in front of the goals, inside the boxes, that's where the games are decided. We weren't good enough today. Teams. Teams. For Arsenal. Manager, Mikel Arteta. Shirt, white. Shorts, white. Socks, white. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 2. William Saliba. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Magalhaes. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emile Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. Jurian Timber. 14. Eddie Nekataya. 15. Jacob Kiwior. 17. Cedric Soares. 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu. 19. Leandro Trossard. 20. Jorginho. 21. Fabio Vieira. 22. David Rea, goalkeeper. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed El Neni. 29. Kai Havertz. 31. Karl Hein, goalkeeper. 35. Alexander Zinchenko. 41. Declan Rice. 71. Charles Sago Jr. For Liverpool. Manager. Jurgen Klopp. Shirt. Purple. Shorts, purple. Socks, purple. 1. 
Alison Becker, goalkeeper. 2. Joe Gomez. 3. Wataru Endu. 4. Virgil van Dijk. 5. Ibrahima Konate. 6. Tiago Alcantara. 7. Luis Diaz. 8. Dominic Shaboshlai. 9. Darwin Nunez. 10. Alexis McAllister. 11. Mohamed Salah. 13. Adrian, goalkeeper. 17. Curtis Jones. 18. Cody Gakpo. 19. Harvey Elliott. 20. Diogo Jota. 21. Costas Simicas. 26. Andy Robertson. 32. Joel Matip. 38. Ryan Gravenberch. 43. Stefan Bajatic. 45. Marcello Pitaluga, goalkeeper. 50. Ben Doak. 62. Kalmin Kelleher, goalkeeper. 66. Trent Alexander-Arnold. 78. Jarrell Kwanzaa. 84. Connor Bradley. Referee. John Brooks. Assistant referees. Lee Betts. Nick Greenhague. Fourth official. Josh Smith. VAR officials. Simon Hooper. David Coote. Additional VAR official. Adrian Holmes. Adrian Holmes. Today's other fixtures. All kick off at 2pm. Shrewsbury vs Wrexham. Nottingham Forest vs Blackpool. Luton Town vs Bolton Wanderers. Manchester City vs Huddersfield Town. West Bromwich Albion vs Aldershot Town. Peterborough United vs Leeds United. West Ham United vs Bristol City. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Soak in Arsenal FC, official money transfer partner. Supercharge your global payments and money transfers. Visit Sokin.com. Sokin is a trading name and a registered trademark of Plato Capital Limited. For further information on accessing the Sokin app and related payment services in your country of residence, please refer to www.sokin.com. Why ask the barrister? If you can be the barrister. Lavazza coffee machine from £1. Discover more at lavazza.co.uk. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.